You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns with your host, Daniel Garrett, and today we are recapping the Browns' Week 5 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers in a shootout. So, let's get into it. And so, the Chargers won this game 47-42. Browns just gave up way too many points in the fourth quarter. Started out down 3-7, but ended up getting back and getting the lead up 20-13 going into the half. Uh, 7-8 third quarter. So still had a lead going into the fourth, but lost fourth quarter 15-26, to including a very bad second-to-last drive and then obviously failing in the two-minute drill at the end of the game to take the lead back. So just poor execution down the stretch led to this defeat, and we'll get into a bit more of what else happened. So start out with the Chargers here. Justin Herbert going 26 for 43. Solid day from him in terms of completion percentage, but 398 yards and four touchdowns just was very good. Was able to hit a lot of deep shots, uh, especially to Mike Williams, who had eight for 165 and two touchdowns. Um, Couple defensive breakdowns as well. Um, The Browns did a decent job against the run. Obviously, they still did decent but 17 for 66 yards by Eckler is not a bad performance at all you're averaging not less than four yards per carry there so pretty good job um 23 carries for 112 yards that number is jumped is bumped up by Herbert having four for 29 on the ground um all on scrambles there so that really jumps up their rushing efficiency but in terms of the actual running game itself, the Browns did a pretty good job containing that, which is a pos- positive without Jadamian Clowney in this game. Uh, really just two guys killed them. Three guys, really. Uh, Mike Williams, 8 for 165, as I said. Keenan Allen had 6 for 75, and Austin Eckler added 5 for 53. So when you look at this, you have to remember the Browns were very short on corners Greg Newsom was out Denzel Ward ended up getting hurt so first Greedy got hurt he came back AJ Green had to fill in for Greedy when he was hurt then once he came back Denzel Ward got hurt and was out for the game so no Denzel Ward was playing AJ Green who actually didn't play terribly there was a lot of miscommunication going on I think it was more of a secondary as a whole has work to do more so than AJ Green just constantly getting burned, which is really good considering he has corner five on this team. Um, so very solid performance out of him. And obviously had pass interference call on him at the end. That should not have been a pass interference. 
that led to a fourth down conversion, I believe, which they scored on that drive. And so obviously that really changes the outcome of the game. A couple questionable calls down the end in terms of pass interference. That one obviously uh, needed to be challenged there. Um, and then at the end, uh, the Chargers just tackled David Njoku. However, uh, Rashard Higgins had a chance to catch the ball if he just actually played the ball instead of trying to draw the P.I. for Njoku. Um, but I, David Njoku was just fantastic this game offensively. For the Browns, seven catches, 149 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. Peoples-Jones also had a fantastic game, five for 70 on six targets. Um, just Odell struggled. Had a, He caught two of the three balls that were thrown at him, but the one drop was a fourth down conversion in the red zone. So that's not ideal. Uh, actually, it may have been right outside the red zone, but it was, it was fairly close to being a in the red zone if it was not uh anthony schwartz didn't really do much uh hunt added five for 28 just a lot of check downs um rushing the ball nick chubb was fantastic 21 carries 161 yards a touchdown cream hunt was really good 12 for 61 baker added two for eight 35 carries 230 yards um yeah, and then you look at Baker passing ball, 23 for 32, 305 yards, two touchdowns. He was perfectly fine. I didn't think that Baker was the issue, as some people are alluding to. Yes, he left a few throws out there. Uh, but, you know, he had a few throws that Odell should have caught that one. That would have been a conversion. And if you convert that, guess what? You probably score there because they weren't really stopping us so if you convert that fourth down you probably score and if you score there you're up multiple you're up two touchdowns at the end instead you're up eight instead of being up one when you go to run the clock out and then they tie it instead of they go for the tie for two-point conversions of going for the seven-point lead so you look and it's just there was stuff left on the field by Baker, but I don't necessarily think this was a bad Baker game. I thought the play calling down the end was very bad. Having the three runs in a row just is unacceptable. You can't do that, and you can't do two runs and then go for it, actually pass the ball, just drop back on third down. No, what you got to do is, you know what? You got to risk it sometimes. This is a shootout. Our defense was not stopping them. So if your defense isn't getting stops at the end, you have to keep that offense off the field. So you have to take a shot play, not even a shot play, just like a decent, like, try to go for like 10, 20 yards on a play-action pass. Run a screen. Do something other than run the ball three times. You can't, you have to. Do something to change it up. Run a play-action play. It's going to be effective. They're expecting run. They're expecting you to want to run the ball to burn their timeouts. I don't understand what the play calling was down the end. Baker, obviously, is not good enough quarterback yet, and he needs to improve at this in a straight drop-back system. The thing is, how often is he going to be straight drop-back? Two-minute drills. So, 
How do we stay out of two-minute drills? Well, it's a very simple solution here. There's two options. One, you just don't get down to good teams. Or two, what you don't do is try to run out the clock and then get behind. What you do is you try to turn it from having a minute and a half left to having three minutes left. You have to play the clock better to try to get it to where you can run the ball. Because guess what? I don't care what conventional thinking is on running the ball if you're losing with three minutes left. You can do it. You have plenty of time. I don't care if you don't have any timeouts. Three minutes, you have plenty of time. You can run the ball if you need to run the ball. Minute and a half, you can't really run the ball if you have to drive the length of the field. So you have to get yourself into situations where A, you're not losing, or B, you aren't in a conventional two-minute drill. Give yourself a little bit extra time or give yourself timeouts. Clock management throughout the game, not only in terms of trying to give yourself more time if you're making a comeback, but also managing your timeouts. Don't blow timeouts. Just have all your timeouts ready so that way, end of game situations, you can use them. That allows you to be able to run the ball. That allows you to be able to go over the middle of the field. So the thing is, also, you don't necessarily have to be in a straight drop back passing attack to actually pass the ball. You can run your play action stuff. It will just be less effective than normal. But less effective than normal play action is still just as good as your standard stuff. And so you may say, well, why would you waste your time doing play action? Well, because what you can do is you can still boot Baker. Because Baker is much more comfortable being able to run to his left and be able to run for five yards and get out of bounds if no one is open. So what you can still do is you can just boot Baker. Don't have to do it every time. Do it every once in a while. Just occasionally in the two minute drill, throw in a boot, throw in a screen. You don't have to make this harder on Baker. You don't have to run a conventional drop back passing vertical offense. In the two-minute drill, you can do a lot of different things to get around that. Is it ideal that Baker Mayfield struggles when you have to play a drop-back passing game? No. Is that where the discussion of, is Baker Mayfield worth high $30 million a year mark? 38. Yes, that's where the problem becomes. But is it a... Baker Mayfield is the problem and why we are losing these games issue. No, it is not that. The issue is you gave up 47 points. You can say, well, there were so many injuries. Jadavian Clowney was hurt. Greg Newsom was hurt. Greedy Newsom was hurt for a bit of this game. Denzel Ward got hurt. Well, guess what? You got to get used to Denzel Ward getting hurt. He gets hurt. He misses two to three games a year. Uh, at three to four, actually, is what it is. He's played 12, 13, 13. So he misses three to four games a year. You have to plan on that. 
Grady Williams has barely played before this year, his third year. He was hurt a bit at LSU. He's been hurt as a Brown the first two years of his career. He's injured all the time, playing on it. Greg Newsom didn't have a healthy season until last year. There's a reason no one was talking about him until after the Northwestern season was over. It's because it was the first time anyone's actually seen him play because he hadn't been healthy enough to play any big games before. You get multiple injury-prone guys. And I'm not even going to call Denzel Ward injury-prone because he gets hurt. He has an injury that makes him miss three games and it nags for a couple more. That's not injury-prone. That's the fact that he's a tiny, tiny corner. That's what happens with tiny corners. When they want to play physical, they get hurt. Okay? So, Denzel Ward, tiny corner. No problem with that. That's what he is. Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, injury-prone corners. No problem with that. That's what it is. That's what they are. What you can't have happen is you can't have that as an excuse. You have to know that at some point in the season, A.J. Green is probably going to play. And if you don't think A.J. Green is good enough to actually play and is just a special teams guy, you need someone else other than A.J. Green. You want to live in nickel and dime, and you have seven linebackers in five corners. If you don't trust A.J. Green, who I thought played adequately, I would describe his play as adequate. He was fine. If you don't trust A.J. Green... What you have to do is have someone there as a corner five that you trust. Because you built this team with two guys that have not been healthy for most of their career. And Denzel Ward, who is prone to miss a couple of games a season. Because he is so small. Troy Hill is the most healthy corner that we have. Okay? So this is not a team that has healthy corners that you can rely on to be healthy. So they have to build the team knowing that. And you look at Jadavian Clowney. I wonder why Jadavian Clowney was available so cheap. It's because he's always hurt. Yes, it's all a little bit of it. It's because he isn't a number one pass rusher and he is more of a complimentary piece, better against the run, better in stunts, that kind of stuff. But it's also, he's hurt every single year. Okay? He is constantly hurt. I don't remember him not being hurt. It had to have been like Houston the last time. Early Houston would have been the last time that Jadavian Clowney wasn't hurt. Okay? He missed all of last year hurt. Jadavian Clowney gets hurt. You can't build the team relying on Jadavian Clowney, which is what they have done. Because after you get past Tech McKinley, this edge rush group has nothing. They need to draft an edge rusher, and they need to re-sign Jadavian Clowney. Like, they need both. You need four guys. I'm sorry, you can't make it work. Unless you are trusting Malik McDowell, who has not played a snap of professional football before this year. Um, unless you're trusting him to be able to kick out and play defensive end consistently, and you're trusting Malik Jackson, who is like 31 and a defensive tackle, to be able to kick out and play defensive end consistently, despite the fact that you don't have actual defensive tackles behind them either, 
I don't know why what you are doing building this team. They didn't add adequate depth along the defensive line. And if they don't trust A.J. Green and you make the excuse of it being A.J. Green back there, then you didn't add enough corner depth. I personally think they add enough corner depth. I'm fine with A.J. Green back there. If they want to add another person, that's great. I would rather they add another safety to the active roster, have more safeties, or if they want a corner, that's fine too. But, like, I just look at it. I don't really see where you can honestly look at this team and say this was an unexpected game to occur. The injuries on this Browns team should all have been expected. Honestly, like, these are injury-prone guys. They got injured. This is quite obvious. And I didn't necessarily see the guy that was playing awfully. I didn't think the corners, uh, the safeties played great. There were a few coverage busts, and that was taken advantage of by Herbert, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league already in his second year. It's just very, very tough to play against him. He's going to score on everybody. I didn't necessarily see where the Browns were deficient. Yes, would it have been better to be able to get some pressure on that right side of the offensive line, left side defensive line, using the advantage of having Storm Norton, who is absolutely terrible at right tackle there? Yeah, that would have been great. But you didn't do it because you don't have any edge depth. Your only edge depth is Tack McKinley, who's also constantly hurt and hasn't been healthy his entire career. So this was a problem going into the season. We talked about it on here going into the season. We were discussing these guys like a Porter Gustin and like all these other guys, Joe Jackson, discussing them as edge guys, and we said, well, they're better one step below what they are. And this was because Tack McKinley was out. Well, guess what? Now, Jadavian Clowney's out. And that's even worse. And guess what? I think Tack McKinley is playing pretty well. I think he's doing exactly what we expected. But just looking at it from an analytical perspective, you gotta expect Tack McKinley at some point to get hurt. And after Tack McKinley's done, what else do you have there? You don't have anything. We're in the same situation. Now, you got pray. And I do mean pray. Here's the hope for this Browns defense. The problems are edge depth and defensive tackle depth. They can add guys midseason at those positions. There's a certain guy when I look out at the available free agents at the edge position where, you know, at that point, Tack McKinley might get hurt. Jadavian Clowney might be hurt again. Who knows? There's a certain guy who is currently hurt, but isn't typically hurt, that could be coming back in the future. That could fix the edge depth issue. Named Olivier Vernon. He could be an answer. At that edge rusher position, be that edge four. You need to fix this defense. And the way you do that is by having your corners be healthy and having experience together as an entire secondary. 
You have a lot of young guys. You have a lot of guys that have been missing. You need them to get experience playing together, be able to pass routes off, have good communication. You just have to be able to play as a cohesive secondary because you have a lot of talented players that just aren't playing great together yet. And we've seen it in flashes, but we didn't see it Sunday. You have to be able to take advantage of Storm Norton being at right tackle along the defensive line. And then offensively, you have to do something to improve this drop back passing game. Again, like I said earlier, stay out of those situations. Try to give yourself more time, more timeouts to use to provide better clock management. And try to boot him a little more, throw some screens while you're doing these two minute drills to reduce the amount of times he is actually dropping back in a standard drop back passing game in these situations however Odell actually playing good would be helpful for a drop back passing game Jarvis Landry getting back as much as you hate the contract Jarvis Landry is a very helpful player now I wouldn't expect him to be back next year but we're talking about this year when we're trying to make a playoff run once he gets back, that's going to help the passing game. Especially when you're in those late game situations. What do you get a lot of? You get a lot of deep zones. Quarters, cover three. Okay, you're they're playing very passive. What's Jarvis good at? Jarvis is good at sitting down in between zones, finding spots, getting open against soft zone coverage. Jarvis does not get open against man. He can't beat man. But in those end-of-game situations, he can be helpful. Now, going forward, you got to draft somebody that can really be effective. Uh, the hope was Richard Higgins could be a fulfilling piece of this passing offense i don't think that's worked great schwartz is just very raw just a speed guy at this point people's jones is your prototypical x man beater downfield guy outside routes he's running outs goes comebacks that that's that's the route tree you want him running. You don't want him running more than that. He's not going to be great against zone. He's That's not what he was drafted to do. He was drafted to be a downfield man beater, be able to win jump balls, be able to win on goes, be able to win on comebacks. That That's what he was drafted to do, and he does a very good job of that. But that doesn't replace what Jarvis is there to do. Now, preferably... There is a guy that at his peak could do that. And that is Odell. With Odell, Odell can do everything. If Odell is playing well, Odell has not played well. And there's a, going to be a lot of talk. Oh, is there something wrong with the connection between Baker and Odell? Is there this? Is there that? No, there isn't. The problem is Odell as long as he's been with the Browns, hasn't been playing as good as Odell played when he was with the Giants. It's a very simple thing. This is not a Baker Mayfield problem. Baker has his flaws, 
as a downfield passer. He has had his struggles a couple games ago. Last game, he had his struggles against the Vikings. He had his struggles against the Bears with downfield accuracy. But guess what? Baker, in general, when healthy and playing decently, is a really good downfield passer. Odell hasn't done anything downfield since the day he got with the Browns. And you can't say that he isn't, that it's Mayfield's fault, because he's throwing the ball downfield to Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones is doing what Odell's supposed to be doing. You saw that curl? He came back on the curl, was able to shake the fender, break it for 42 yards. That's what Odell's supposed to be doing. You need either Jarvis to come back, because Jarvis is a consistent player, or you need Odell to stop playing poorly like i said next year it wouldn't shock me if neither of them are here it would not shock me in the slightest if neither one of those guys are back next year would say 30 million against the cap pretty good receiver class coming in be able to sign your guys long term be able to work out and baker mayfield extension maybe get him for a little bit of a cut rate price given he has had his struggles, you know, get your team set up for the future. Um, Very, very possible. But this year, if the Browns want to make it far, if they get down in a game, yes, they need Baker to play better in two-minute drills, but they need Odell to step up. They need Jarvis to come back. And I'll say this, when Jarvis was there the first couple weeks, Jarvis was playing better than he was last year. I'll, I'll give him that. Jarvis's whole problem is uh, he don't do much in terms of being able to break any tackles previously or be able to get open against man, and he was playing a little bit better this year than he has in past years. Again, not worth that contract, but, you know, with Odell, Odell's so up and down, you don't know. If Odell can play like Odell, there's no need for Jarvis on this team. Honestly, if Odell can play like Odell, there's not a whole lot of need for most of these other receivers. There's no need for Higgins, Schwartz, and Peoples-Jones will have their roles. But if Odell's playing like Odell, that solves a lot of these issues. Honestly. Baker, his whole thing is if you give him an easy throw, he's going to hit it most of the time. Except for the last couple weeks, he did have his issues. But... Baker is a solid, above-average quarterback. If you give him open guys, he'll hit them. Go look at the Vikings. Look at Kirk Cousins. Why did Kirk Cousins struggle against the Browns? Because the Browns covered their guys. They didn't leave them open. And those are two really good wide receivers. But most teams can't cover Jefferson and Thielen. So Jefferson and Thielen ran all over most teams. And Kirk Cousins hits them. I think Baker is a little bit better than Kirk Cousins, especially as a play-action passer. But as a downfield passer, just a standard drop-back passer, I think they are similar. So you look at that. You That type of quarterback needs the wide receiver to get open. They're not going to hit tight window throws. They're not going to be able to put the ball in spots where a receiver is the only one to make a play on it. That's why Baker has some interceptions. He throws the ball into tight windows and gets intercepted. You want to give him wide open windows. And, you know, Odell, 
when he's right can do that. But Odell has not looked right. He has not played well. So if you fix that and get someone that can get open against zone coverages at the end of games, like Jarvis does and like Odell should be able to do, that'll help then. Then when you get tight into the red zone, well, help Baker convert on those more is obviously uh, someone that can play well against man, and that is also Odell. So really need these receivers to step up, need Baker to take some improvements in terms of his drop back passing game, and need Stefanski to not call multiple runs in a row when trying to run the clock out when they're expecting it. And need defense to step up. Uh, also just you've got injury prone guys, don't expect them to not get injured. So that'll be it for us today. We will be back later this week to preview the Browns' week six game against the Arizona Cardinals. Until then, let's get fired up.